0: Welcome to the Faith in Real Life podcast, the official podcast of First Baptist Church O'Fallon, Illinois, where we talk about truths
1: of the Bible that are relevant to your life and faith.
0: Welcome to the Faith in Real Life podcast. My name is Obi, and I'm the pastor to young adults at First Baptist O'Fallon, and I am joined by Aaron Walling.
1: Hey, what's up, guys?
0: All right, and Aaron is our... T- tell us your title,
1: Aaron. I am pastor to adults 30s and 40s and men... And assimilation and communication. Yeah, uh, so we
0: mentioned last time that we uh, have tried to add just responsibilities to you. Uh, we're we're in the testing phase to see how much you can handle before you break. We're still holding strong, and then we'll back it off a little bit. So uh, you keep holding strong. Um, and so uh, regular listeners may notice that uh, Bryson McGuire is not here, um, and so he has um, our church is actually sending him to plant a church, and so that's an exciting. Uh, time for our church, and uh, let your prayers be with Bryson. Um, and so it's going to be me and Aaron for the foreseeable future, unless uh, he just <laughs> hates talking with me all the time. And then just uh, the
1: two of us.
0: <laughs> and then I'll be recruiting. Um, and so uh, to start this off, uh, one one thing that our um, our viewers have always known, or our listeners have always known, is uh, my stance and Bryson's stance on coffee. Oh, and what? so um, this is fitting because we're talking about struggles in parenting. And, um, you, Aaron, you came in yawning, right? Yes. You were yawning and that is indicative of a parent of a, um, not a newborn,
1: but what, what's she's the 14 months, 14 so she, months. Yeah, so is that agree. technically toddler? Yes. I mean, she's walking, so okay, yeah. she's into everything. And so that coupled with, we had some friends visiting this weekend. So yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty beat.
0: And, it, um, so would you say your daughter, um, is she entering the teething phase yet, or is she
1: sleeping okay? She she picks her spots. Most days she sleeps okay, and then right when we think we're going to get a good night's sleep, mm-hmm. she's up from 12 until 5 a.m., so... Yeah. But yeah,
0: my my kids are old enough that um, now they just don't want to go to bed, but then you can't wake them up. So they need sleep, but they think there's something magical about when the sun goes down, that it's more fun for some reason. Um, it's always funny because I'll hear my boys, their foot footsteps upstairs and they think, I guess, that we can't hear them. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be doing all sorts. But anyway, I started this off by saying you're, you were tired. And I said, uh, Aaron, you should get some coffee. And you said I. I don't remember what you said. But I
1: struggle. I have a the l- interesting relationship with coffee in that i I can drink it, but it's not my go to source of caffeine, and mm. it doesn't really work for me. So you
0: do not like just straight up black coffee, oh, absolutely right? Absolutely not. That's disgusting. Okay, so that immediately makes me um, happy to have you on the show because that was. That was Bryson. Let me think. I don't remember what Josh drinks, but uh, Evan Morris, we've had him on the show before. He's a black coffee drinker, mm-hmm. and so uh, just always felt uh, outnumbered. It's just, so
1: It's hot bean water. If you don't put anything in it, it's gross. <laughs> I
0: call it uh, dirty tar water. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's super, super bitter without something in it. But then you said milk, sugar maybe, right? Yeah. But then I mentioned what I think is the perfect... Uh, solution to the, the dirty tar water problem, which is um, powdered creamer. Gross. <laughs> and that's where you lost me, sir. And so I have this argument that people know about um, people who listen to this or my young adults, they know that I think powdered creamer is the perfect uh, solution to this. Uh, the the bitterness and because uh, if you pour something liquid in then it cools it down like milk or creamer or something like that liquid creamer it cools it down it waters it down whereas powdered creamer makes it just the right consistency um, and it doesn't cool it too much so I'm just saying don't knock it till you try it have yeah. you tried it well yeah. it's gross uh, I can't
1: so but here maybe this is the the rub too is that I need to be at like at a coffee shop that they made it, like give me the the fresh mocha or mm. latte or cappuccino right then that they whipped it all together. They poured it while it was still hot. They, okay. mi- they mixed it well. If I'm mixing it, it's not going to turn out good. So the problem with us mixing
0: it, of course, is that sometimes people <laughs> don't mix it well and it has chunks in it. And then yes, then powder creamer is terrible. But if you mix it well, it makes it uh, extremely creamy and delicious, and I recommend it to all. And I'm just gonna go ahead and say that's the official stance of the podcast.
1: I will dispute that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, um, we'll go ahead and get into it, but just wanna remind people, if you enjoy this podcast, please rate it on your favorite podcast app and uh, leave a review, it helps get the word out. So we are talking about parenting struggles today, and a reminder to people, or if you haven't heard the previous episodes, We've been talking about struggles. We're going through a struggle series. And so we've talked about financial struggles and then marital and relational struggles. And uh, we have coming up, we'll have contentment, like if you just struggle to be content or um, if you struggle with fear, and then even talking about mental health. And so we're excited about all those episodes. But today we are talking about parenting. And so we're just going to start it off by talking about our experience, our experience of uh, in the arena of parental struggles. And so Aaron, let's start with you. What kind of um, experience, what kind of struggles uh, have you dealt with thus far?
1: Yeah. So I, I have to, I mean, we mentioned it earlier, our daughter is only 14 months old. So I have to confess that this is all still very new to me. Um, I won't pretend like I have everything figured out. I'm not going to be one of one of those guys. But I think one of the biggest things that I've struggled with so far is how much life changes when you become a parent. Um, it's one of those things that you hear everyone say, but you can't fully understand it until you're in it yourself. Um, there's there's several things in life like that, um, several big moments of like graduating high school or graduating college and moving out on your own. Life changes a whole lot when you do that. When you get married, life changes again. But for me, I, I think all of those kind of pale in comparison to when you become a parent. I think it's bigger than all of them, uh, my, my wife and, and I joke all the time about the day we came home from the hospital, and you know they make you watch several informational videos um, before you're you're allowed to leave. And so you know initially, as we're hitting play on those, I'm thinking, oh great, we're gonna get some useful, helpful information to help us keep this baby alive. And it wasn't that at all. <laughs> we watched about. 20, you know, three or four 20 minute videos on don't shake the baby. It's basically all they told us. And then, okay, good. You're good to go. Have fun. <laughs> they don't teach you about any of the rest. Like in <laughs> fairness, the don't shake the baby is important. It is big. <laughs> it is. It is a very good tip. Thank you for that tip. How do I bathe this child? How do I feed this child? What do mm. I do when it won't sleep. None of that came. All we got was thanks for coming. Hope you use this again in the future the bill, the bill will be in the mail. Like that's, <laughs> that's what we got. And so I, I think we're still kind of struggling with that a lot in a lot of ways of like, what do we do as parents? How do we, how do we raise her? Well, um, like and to think, be clear, you have fed your daughter. Yes, I okay. mean, she's still alive. There she's doing great. She, right. Just want to make that clear for all the uh, listeners. Every, 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 uh, checkup she's been, she's been great. So she's perfectly healthy. She's She's great. So apparently we're doing something right. There you go. I don't know what we're doing. But in, then so like you, you have all of this newness of like, I don't know what we're doing. And then on top of that, when the Lord called us here to First Baptist O'Fallon, it meant leaving our support system and family that we had in Texas. And so we went from having four or five built in babysitters that we could call on when we needed to run errands or do whatever, um, whatever we needed to do we lost all of that. And so now we're kind of navigating how do we do the daily life things, the doctor's visits, the running errands, the spending time with just Kim and I, but also taking care of this child. And, and so that's, that's one of the, been the biggest struggles for me is just kind of figuring out how do we do this? Um, and we're just kind of figuring it out day, you know, one day at a time, but I've also come to learn. I don't believe that anyone really knows exactly what they're doing. I think we're all just trying to do our best. Um, that we're all fallen, broken people trying to raise fallen, broken people. Um, And so I'm just trying to rest in knowing that some of the things that I hope to instill in my daughter, what I hope to raise her to be, some of those things aren't actually up to me. Um, They're up to God and his power. And I'll get into that more as we go through this, but Mm -hmm. that's kind of where I am in the moment.
0: Yeah, and so I I think kind of a key there of what you said for me is just realizing that no one— no one knows perfectly what they're doing that um, even the the reality of having a episode named parenting struggles um, that that's indicative of the fact that everybody's still trying to figure it out and there is that moment kind of like you mentioned when you're leaving the hospital with your baby and something about it just feels really wrong like do they really trust us. It feels like we're doing something illegal, like we're stealing something um, or taking something home that uh, we do not have the user's manual for. <laughs> like, like help us out here. Um, I remember one of my greatest fears was uh, changing diapers. Of course, you get to become an expert at that and do it so quickly. Um, it really ends up being the sleep, uh, the lack of sleep. Right. I'm going to talk about that in a second. Um, but for our listeners that maybe have older children, um, I guess I wanted to touch on quickly. I didn't mention this to you, Aaron, but I wanted to talk talk about attitude. Um, so, contrary kind of kind of to what the world would say, there are great distinctions between boys and girls. And uh, a boy may be trying to light a frog on fire somewhere, whereas as the girls get older, there is um, there can be a lot more emotion and. Um, and so you may end up having a little more attitude in that realm. Now, I'm not saying boys can't have attitudes, but it manifests differently. And so um, as, as kids get older, as they become teenagers and then young adults, um, those are things that uh, parents have to contend with. And so just from what I've heard from parents, one of the things they have to deal with is kids talking back or kids having a lot of attitude. And I think there's a lot of fear in parents about um, sometimes where maybe people don't want to admit this, but they're afraid of their kids. They're like, mm-hmm. um, how far can I push them or how much authority do I have? And um, I, I've, I've been reading this book, The 12 Rules for Life, and I'm not, I'm not uh, endorsing that by any means. But I did like this statement where the guy said, um, he, he essentially said, um, discipline your children on anything that would make you dislike them, mm. right? And, and so there's this there's this notion in parenting today that I'm powerless against my kids, and sometimes we exacerbate our problems by not addressing the problems, and so we let something run out of control, an attitude, a thing, you know, moodiness, things like that, without um, without going and trying to solve the problem. Now. Uh, Straight-up discipline is not always the solution, of course. Mm. Sometimes a kid needs a conversation. We've had times where um, one of our children maybe has a little more attitude than, um, <laughs> than we're comfortable with at all, and so um, sometimes that may mean that we have to have some specific discipline. Other times, that means we need to go have a conversation with them. Something else is going on. And so that's a, a very common struggle. And what I would say to parents is, I know we're busy. I know we're tired. Um, have those conversations with your kids. Um, at times, you're going to have to draw very clear lines. It's one thing. So if my kids um, are upset, mad, they may, that, that may manifest but they're not going to talk disrespectfully to their mom. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to discipline that and then talk about the solution. So I just, I guess I want to just encourage parents who are maybe a little further along, um, in the parenting path that, um, have those conversations, feel empowered to, to talk to your kids about those things. But, but then I want to just talk about the experience that I think is all parents. And I've kind of given it a, a name, I call it being tired enemies. And, um, so one of the things that you notice when you first become a parent is um, you have these, these babies that you don't know what to do with. Sometimes they won't stop crying. Sometimes they won't stop crying in the middle of the night and you're just exhausted. And so for like the first 18 months of their life, and you may get them sleeping at one year, but then they hit 18 months, they're teething and you're like, oh, I thought, I thought we had this all figured out. I thought it was fixed. And, and all of a sudden it's back. And so you end up feeling sometimes like tired enemies and you could see this, this strain that goes on new parents and it's why you had to watch so many shaking the baby videos because um, it is a, such a common thing. Um, It's unfortunately tragic and common that people get to their kind of wits end that they're Mm -hmm. like, I just can't take it anymore. My baby's screaming. I'm on a few hours of sleep for the whole week, and, and then they shake their baby in just frustration, like, will you stop crying? And that's, that's a, an otherwise sane person who devolved to a point where they could shake a baby, and it didn't just happen accidentally. Or It's because they're fatigued and they're stressed and all these things. And so parents tend to see themselves sometimes as tired enemies, and what I would say is um, this is where when I think of Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, when God created us to be partners together in marriage, that see your spouse as your partner, not an enemy. There's someone in the trenches with you. Um, lean on each other, but not in a take-you-for-granted way, in a we're each other's support. So there's going to be a time where I need to lift you up, and there's times where I need you to lift me up. And so have that perspective and and even share that. Don't just have that perspective but share that perspective with your spouse, talk about it, that um, we're in this together. So um, to me, that's an important distinction to make because it's easily, it is easy to slip into the tired enemies frame of mind um, where you almost uh, take your frustrations, fatigue, and anger out on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, anything else to add on that? Nope. So then I wanna talk about kind of the spiritual side of it. So those are some of the struggles um, you know, we don't know what we're doing. We're we're fatigued. Kids may have attitude, or we, you know, we just uh, how do how do we do this thing called parenting? But um, what have you learned from scripture, the faith a believer, or even experience
1: that's helped you out? Yeah, so recently I've been reading through Paul David Tripp's book called Parenting, and it's it's been really refreshing for me. It's been a, a gentle but sometimes stern reminder of what our purpose is as parents. I think sometimes we get lost in our desires for our kids, what we hope they will become, what, that we lose sight of the ultimate goal. Um, we all want what is best for our kids. I think we all we would all agree that we want our kids to be successful, to have to lead a good life. But we don't always realize that sometimes we don't actually know what is best for them, mm. um, because the truth is sometimes we don't even know what's best for us. That only God has perfect wisdom and knowledge of the future, and so only God knows what He has prepared for us or our kids. And so we have to look to Him for those things. Um, Ephesians four, and like talking about how do we raise kids and looking at Scripture. Ephesians uh, six four says, "Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord." I think a lot of times we we hear discipline. And we kind of get tunnel vision. Um, and But our job is more than that. That certainly discipline is vitally important in our role as a parent. That we have to give um, boundaries and rails for our kids to, to run on. Right. Um, but my job as a father is much more than just raising a well-behaved, successful daughter. Um, it's It's actually raising a God-fearing Jesus follower. Right. Um, that right now, my daughter has a lot of people fooled. Um, she's cute. She smiles at pretty much anyone. Um, I don't think she's ever met a stranger. When we go to the grocery store and she wants to walk around because she's in that in that stage where she doesn't want to ride in the cart. So we put her on the ground and she touches everything. But she will walk up to literally anyone mm. and smile and wave. And everybody loves it. And we hear all the time how how great she is. And all I can think of is, yeah, but you didn't see the absolute temper tantrum that she threw <laughs> yesterday morning when I wouldn't let her stick her fist in mommy's coffee. Mm. Or when I told her no as she reached for the TV remote and she cried for 20 minutes straight. Like The truth is, like no matter how cute she is, no matter how much my heart melts when I look at her, she's still a fallen, broken sinner. Um, and she's going to do fallen, broken center things. And so... I have to realize that I'm powerless to change that, um, that I can provide boundaries and rails to keep her on track. But the rules that we make for our kids can never change her heart. Uh, only God can do that. And so as her father, I can't let my main goal simply be behavior modification. Right. Um, that manners are great, that we want them to be well-behaved and respectful, um, but those things won't save her. Um, Instead, I have to model Christ to her, and she needs to see the grace of God through me. She needs to see me strive for holiness, but she also needs to see me repent when I fail. Um, And I can only do that when I'm seeking the Lord on my own in the way that I need to, that my own walk has to be strong. And uh, God's continually reminding me that, that parenting is an insight into our relationship with him. Um, how we relate to our children should be shaped by how he relates to us. Mm. Um, that he loves us unconditionally. And even when we mess up, even when we run away, the moment we turn back to him, he comes running to us even when we're still far off. That that's, yeah. that's his relationship with us. And that he disciplines us and he calls us to be better. But his burden is light and easy um, that, because he carries it for us. And so we in turn have to have the same mentality for our kids and we have to love them unconditionally Mm -hmm. knowing that they're going to mess up that somehow, some way, someday they're going to find a way to fall short and we can't control that. We can't stop that from happening necessarily, but we can control how we react and respond to that. And will I respond in love and grace or will I only show anger and frustration? Um, so I think that's the biggest biggest thing I've learned so far is that I have to reflect Jesus to my daughter, because my success as a parent is entirely dependent on that.
0: Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, and so, kind of on that, I had Proverbs twenty two six as something I wanted to um, read to people. So um, start a youth out on his way, and when he is old. Uh, even when he's old, he will not depart from it. Or uh, most people probably memorize the other way, train up a child in the way uh, they will go. And when they're old, they'll not depart from it. Um, and so kind of what you're saying is train them up in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly right. Um, as as we think of how could that be done, um, I think of what is the emphasis that we parents are putting on the week? Mm-hmm. Every week, week in, week out. Now, of course, there's exceptions, but week in, week out, are we modeling? the christ lifestyle now that doesn't mean we're perfect because families get stressed we uh we get mad at each other things like that but then after that do we go back and forgive and apologize and do we even handle our failure in a christ-like way are we modeling faith meaning do our kids get to see us praying at home reading Mm -hmm. the word at home um talking about questions of the faith. Uh, one exercise I started doing, I try not to overwhelm my kids with it, but uh, when I take my kids to school, because um, they they go to school where I work, um, and so what I'll do is we'll listen to like three or four minutes of the Bible. Not more than that, because um, again, I'm not trying to overwhelm them, but three or four minutes, and then we just talk about what it was about, and that's it. Three or four minutes, and then instead of a very stressed car ride or where. The boys specifically are fighting all the time. Um, instead of that, now we're talking about Scripture. And so do, do our kids see us modeling a Christian lifestyle? Do And even, maybe even more than that, do they get to participate in the faith mm-hmm. with us? And I think that's a helpful thing. And so what I would have parents do is take an assessment of faith versus events. What's more prominent in your life? Um, is it more common for your family to go to church or to miss church because... Um, you have some activity mm. that your kids just have to be in. And um, and again, acti- activities can be fine. It's good to bring up well-rounded children, but not at the expense of their faith. And so I would encourage parents to make an assessment of that. And so I, I also wanted to bring up, you had Ephesians 6, 4. I wanted to read verses 1 through 4 so people could hear um, a few extra parts there. So verse 1 says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, because this is right. Verse two says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. So I wanted to pause there for a second and just help people think of two parts. The first is obey your parents, second is honor your father and mother. And what we need to remember is that these children aren't just our children, Mm -hmm. they're human beings and souls that will have to stand before the Lord. Mm -hmm. And the reason we train them up is because their specific commands to our kids to honor your parents, to obey your parents and honor your father and mother. Those are specific commands in scripture to children. And so that tells me that if I'm derelict in my responsibility of bringing them up in the Lord and um, faith is the most important, but obedience is also important. It is an important thing to teach them to obey a father and mother, to honor a father and mother. Those are biblical things. I would recommend people read some of the Dr. Dobson books, um, especially if you have a strong-willed child. That's a very famous one, but some, some just very general parenting advice. Um, so he, he had said he'd, he'd, um, he's fine with spanking, um, but he does it a specific way when you're doing discipline. And spanking spankings generally the last resort. There's other things you can do before that. And not every situation demands it. Um, but one, he never spanks with his hand because he never wanted his children to fear his hand. So he'd get something like a little wooden spoon, something like that. Um, and then two, he stops spanking when they hit uh, 10 years old because then it starts to be more of a demeaning act. And he does other forms of discipline um, like I think he said, pinching the trapezius muscle. Um, uh, that's, that's Mm. one example. I make my kids do bear crawls. I, I have a lot of fun with that. (laughs) Um, I, I find that sometimes if you go to spank, um, then you can end up doing it in anger. And he, he did mention that too. You don't do that in anger. Um, But when they're doing bear crawls, I'm never mad. (laughs) I think it's I think it's a lot of fun. Um, They may even be laughing. There
1: might be an issue with that a little bit.
0: (laughs) There may be. There may be. um, But uh, but they're usually laughing. I don't do it to an extreme amount. But um, but but anyway. So to discipline, we have a we have an obligation to bring uh, bring up children who will obey their parents and honor their father and mother. So I want parents to hear this as well because. A parent may be out there saying, well, it's just against me, so I just want to be overly kind and all that stuff. And I'm saying to your child, to your child, this is an important thing. It's an important thing that you raise them to be disciplined. It's an important thing that you raise them to have a healthy respect of authority. Now, with that said, verses, uh, verse 4 says what Aaron already read, fathers don't stir up anger in your children, because we can go too far with discipline. So there needs to be this balance that um, that I'm training them to obey and honor. So even think of the word honor, it means to respect. Of course, if they're just obeying, then I could go to the point where they don't honor me anymore, because they're obedient, but they hate me, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want to go that far. So you're not trying to stir up anger in your children, you're having that that good balance between discipline and love—that I'm I'm doing discipline only to the degree it's necessary, uh, the least minimal uh, discipline that I can do to get the the proper obedience. I'm going to do that, um, but it's always with love and teaching. And the whole point of this was training—that you train up a child in the way it should go, or um, as Ephesians six four says—that you're training them in the instruction of the Lord. So so it's not just discipline for the sake of discipline it's a training process that i'm i'm raising my children up to know the lord and part of knowing the lord is a healthy uh obedience and honor for a father and mother Um, and then i wanted to say one more thing just about favorites parents are going if you have multiple kids you are going to bond easier with one or two or there will be one you bond less with less easily don't use that as an excuse to show favoritism be aware of that think about the kid who tends to make you the most mad and you need to be more intentional with that child you need to be intentional that you say I'm gonna find some um, some similarities I'm gonna find some common um, common likes interests things like that so that I can I can make sure I'm pouring into this child because you don't want to, just because your personality clashes with one of your children and it can because we're all humans and humans clash with humans I'm gonna make it a point to get to know this child and build them up even though it's not as natural for me I'm gonna try to build them up so I would I would say that that could be a way that we could stir up anger in our child or we could just demoralize them is because we pick a favorite and and we don't um, and we don't take that extra intentionality toward the one that it's a little more difficult.
1: Anything you want to add on the spiritual side? Yeah. As you were talking, the one thing kind of popped up in my mind of like that we need to remember who's our children are. Like they're not just our children, but they they belong to the Lord and they belong to the Lord far more than they belong to us. Yep. And so our our responsibility as parents is to steward what God has given yep. us and in, in raising them up in the Lord that, that God loves them as much as he loves anyone else. And so, um, keeping that in mind of like, man, God has given me this gift of stewardship and raising up this child. I'm going to point them to their heavenly father. Yeah, that's
0: good stuff. All right. So let's, uh, last topic is what advice, um, do you or scripture have for someone going through this type of struggle that they're struggling in parenting?
1: I think the biggest piece of advice I can offer is don't place your identity in your children. Uh, much of our culture is engaged in a massive, in this massive individual struggle over identity of, who am I, where do I find purpose, where do I find my value? Those are life-defining questions that carry an incredible amount of weight, yep. and they're questions that our children can never be the answers to. Um, my identity must be rooted in Christ. That I am a father, I am a husband, I am a pastor those are all true, but they're all secondary to my identity in Christ. Uh, If I try to find my value in any of those things, it will ultimately fail. Um, My job, my wife, my daughter, none of them can fulfill my deepest needs. Um, They're they're incapable of satisfying my deepest desires. Um, God can use them for sure, but they themselves are pitiful replacements for what Jesus offers. So I encourage everyone listening to this podcast, whether you have kids or not, to find your identity in Christ. Um, Because when you don't, when you place your identity elsewhere, what you're really doing is building up an idol, and you're worshiping something other than God. And when the inevitable happens, it's going to be a crushing blow, that inevitably whatever you build up is going to come crashing down. Um, And if I place my identity in being a father, then when my daughter fails, which she ultimately will, I'm going to lose a sense of who I am. Um, and then it becomes a personal attack on me when in reality it was just sin at work in her and it wasn't necessarily attack on me. But if, if my identity is in her, then all of a sudden now, how, how could you do that to me? Well, Mm. she, she may not have done it to you personally. Um, but, but that's where it rests. And then now, now we've got this cycle of what did I do wrong? Where, where do I go? Um, why won't they listen to me? All these things because we're placing our identity in something that we, we never should. Um, they can't carry that weight. And so when we place our identity on our children, we're actually inviting them to fail. Yep. That it, We're putting a crushing weight on them that they were never meant to carry. That in reality, we can't carry it ourselves. So we should never expect our kids to be able to carry it for themselves. Um, that, we're not able to fulfill our own deepest desires, so why would we ever think that our kids could? Um, that we we have to set our own gaze on the Lord, and then teach our children to imitate us as we imitate Christ.
0: Yeah, it's good. Um, Because I I could see this working out a lot of different ways where where we have our identity through our children, or maybe we just live through them. Mm -hmm. Um, So it could be that they have a moral failure. Uh, My mom uh, said a really good statement to me one time after she had the talk, right, the Mm -hmm. sex talk. And she said, um, oh, but you know what we expect of you. We're going to love you even if you mess up. And that was just such a healthy thing that she didn't see me as um, I wasn't her foundation. I was someone that um, she was crafting and molding mm-hmm. and she knew I was an imperfect vessel to be molded. Right. But she said, here's the expectation. We're going to love you no matter what. And so that was just a really healthy thing to set the clear expectation, but to always have the the grace on that side. But we could see it in other things where maybe parents, um, they try to live vicariously through their kid's sport or something mm-hmm. like that. And and um if it doesn't work out if little johnny doesn't go to major league baseball then we feel like the he world won't. has shattered <laughs> and he he likely won't <laughs> there may be someone listening he will but congratulations uh, but everybody else he probably won't and so we may feel a shattered identity and that's that's as you're saying it's cuz they put the um, their their stock in the wrong thing mm-hmm. and so what i kind of want to finish with or a thought toward the end here is the goal of parenting the goal of parenting is to prepare kids to leave you. And that's a, that's a hard thing for people to think of because really we want to enjoy the time with our kids and absolutely do that. Um, spend time with your kids. Cherish the time with them. But the work you're engaged in is preparing them to leave you. And that's at all levels. That's at just the human level where we want them to be uh, solid members of society that are well-rounded, um, hard workers, respectful, things like that. But it also is the spiritual side of things that I want to prepare my kids to leave me so that they can stand on their faith even when I'm not around. I don't want their faith to be dependent on me. Now, a parent listening may have just felt like so much more pressure. Go on them and just just realize that it's not a it's not a one time thing. It's not a, a perfect thing that you're going to do. It is a process that mm-hmm. I'm just going to disciple my kids and I'm going to be a process person, not a results person. God is the results one. I, I'm not in mm-hmm. his job. I can't be God. I'm just a process person. And so we get, we get very caught up in the the results of our work and we just need to do the work. The work mm-hmm. is I need to be a disciple maker at home. I need to be discipling my kids, raising them up to know the Lord. Um, and preparing them to leave me. And so I'll give you a line that um, a guy named Michael Pearl, I don't know all of his doctrines, so I, again, I'm not endorsing him, um, but he had this really good line that I read once, and he says, insulate your kids, don't isolate. Hmm. There is a tendency of, among very concerned parents to isolate their kids and say, I'm just going to keep them back from the world. And, of course, that's impossible. They're going to enter the world at some point, just oftentimes when we we've isolated them, we send them out into the world, and they're completely unprepared. Mm-hmm. The better approach is to insulate them, to um, to build them up, expose them in a safe setting to unhealthy things, and now that, that sounds like a dangerous uh, sentence, but but what I mean is to let them know that there is evil in the world, but I'm there with them to explain it. To let them see that there are things out there that are that are harmful and that lead down a very bad path but I can train them and so so insulate don't isolate I'm not pretending that there's not an evil world out there of course I'm not uh, exposing them to inappropriate things either but to let them know that there is an evil world out there and I'm going to prepare them for it cuz I want when when my kids leave my door uh, leave out of my door and it's no longer home to them that they're going to make their own home that I want them to be prepared both as a human but also as a Christ follower, and so the last thing I want to say is um, about comparison. So parents, we we get in this um, mode sometimes where we just compare ourselves to other people. Um, how how are the neighbors doing? How are my friends at church doing? Are they maybe they're better off financially, or maybe they just seem like super mom and dad, and they just do everything? And I follow them on Instagram, and and everything is just wonderful there. And what I would just say is uh, comparison is unhealthy. It mm. will steal the joy from your life. Don't do that. Just live by the Word of God. See it as your mirror. Realize that you're going to fall short, but it's the, it's the goal toward what you pursue, um, and don't compare yourself to others because oftentimes the, the face that people put on um, is not the real face anyway. So mm. keep the comparison out of your life and realize you don't answer to them, you answer only to God. And your desire is to please Him. And one of the ways to do that is by sincerely trying to disciple your children, even though it's hard. Even though we're talking about parenting struggles, we admit that there's tons of them, whether it's fatigue, attitude, wrong focus, Um, that we're centered on events and not faith. Whatever it is, it's a difficult process, but it's a worthy process. So uh, when we're saying it's a struggle, keep struggling. Keep fighting against it and pursue the right things. Anything you want to add, Aaron?
1: Yeah, I would just say, I mean, remember that it's a God-ordained thing and that if God has called you to do it, God is with you in it. And that he doesn't he doesn't leave you alone in the struggles, and so turn to him through all of it. Right, and one way, of course, to do
0: that is by being part of a local church. Mm. And uh, man, if someone's in this O'Fallon, Illinois area, we'd love for him to join us here. Um, get to know other parents who are going through the same struggles. Get in one of our small groups. Um, go through life together with people. Get your kids in church where they can hear about the word of God and, um, and really learn with other kids as well. Well, thanks for listening to faith in real life. Don't forget to subscribe, um, and share with someone who needs a little faith in their life. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the faith in real life podcast. If you enjoyed the show, we'd really appreciate you leaving a rating in your favorite podcast app and leaving a review. It helps get the word out. If you are in the O'Fallon, Illinois area, we'd love for you to stop by and visit one of our church services and a small group, which we call Life Groups, in person or online. You can find out all the details about things happening in our church through social media and at FBCOFallon.org. We'll see you next time.